Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue! Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart, Garrett Isel here to discuss season three, episode 16, The Ides of April. Which is some funny we didn't do this last week when it actually was April 15th. I think the fact we're so close, given that this is completely organic and random, is good. Um, There's some sort of Shakespearean, Caesarian reference here. I'm. This is your expertise. Yes. Well, uh, the uh, reference to the Ides of March, which is famous from Shakespeare's play Julius Caesar, but is in fact the uh, in the Roman history when uh, Caesar was assassinated, it was referred to in in the by the Romans as the Ides of March, the middle of the month. Ides is middle. Yeah, I now I'm forgetting what exactly it means, but that's fine. You don't have to take my it. word for it. I take my word. Okay, so this is available on Paramount Plus. And before we talk about the episode, Garrett, who are our writer or writers? Well, we have a a uh, a couple of new writers uh, writing as a team here. Uh, a Mark Rothman, and a, a name that will probably be familiar to TV fans and even movie fans. Lowell Gantz. Yeah. He now, did Lowell Splash. Gantz Didn't is, he write Splash? Uh, yeah. Babalu Mandel? Exactly. Lowell Gantz is m- more famous as part of the team of Lowell Gantz and Babalu Mandel, who, uh, and I th- thought both of them worked on Odd Couple, but it turns out because they both work for Gary Marshall a lot. But Babalu, if that really is his name, uh, was, uh, which is an I Love Lucy reference, isn't it? Well, yes. The, yeah, that's. <laughs> Uh, That's right. Yeah, Babalu Mondale uh, joined the Gary Marshall team, uh, I think, with Happy Days and Little Vernon Shirley. But so Lowell Gantz's first writing partner was Mark Rothman. And they this was their first odd couple. And then a first of several, um, in fact, something like 10 or so uh, going into the next two seasons. Uh, funny story Gary Marshall tells in his memoir about uh, meeting uh Lowell Gantz for the first time, someone he would work with a lot throughout the next decades. Uh, he said that Lowell Gantz and his then partner, Mark Rothman, uh, uh, were t- taken on the show as a couple of promising kids, but they their product was so disappointing that actually Tony Randall and Jack Klugman asked for them to be fired and uh, before they could get an episode on the air. And so Gary Marshall fired them and then tells a funny story about the next day or the next week seeing them at the taping of the next episode and saying what are you guys doing here they said well we're too we have no money we're too poor to fly back east so we thought we would just hang out and and try to learn more about the show and that won them back into the hearts of the producers and stars and they got a second chance and wrote a lot of episodes all right, so we open on an establishing shot of the San Remo well, with the sound of thunder in the background. And then we see there's this odd shot uh, close up of a window into their apartment from the outside. That is clearly, to me, a season one shot because the uh, set inside mm-hmm. is, I believe, the season one 
uh, living room because there's lots of books. It's, it's 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 obvious. It's a season one shot. I don't know why they felt the need to do that. You know, I that, totally just glanced over that. I must have blinked and missed that. But yeah, it felt very out of place. The whole fake, the whole terrible thunder. Yeah, like yeah. 1940s <laughs> haunted mansion thunder right. noise was terrible. Yeah, you know they're using param stock paramount uh, effects, right? And then this this shot to show us it's their apart. It's just completely unnecessary. So Felix is sitting on the couch blowing his nose, and he seems to have a cold. He's reading a magazine. I can't tell what it is. There's it was not the, the cover was not available to see. He honks to clear his sinuses. Then Oscar walks in, and he's all wet from the rain, which we know is raining because of the thunder. Felix asks him if his feet are wet. Oscar says, no, I wore shoes. Felix says, I'm not in the mood for cuteness. And Oscar starts shaking off the water from his coat just into the middle of the room. And Felix shouts, not on the rug. Oscar turns to the plant in the corner of the entry area and shakes it over that saying, I'll water your fern. <laughs> then Felix says, Oscar, please come on. Oscar goes to put the coat in the closet, but Felix says, no, not the wet coat in the good closet. As I didn't ever thought. Closet. Right. I did. That's like, I guess there's closets elsewhere. It has to be more than one closet in the house. I never thought about it. But is that a good closet? I just feel like they put every coat they wear and outside. And to be there. fair to Oscar, I mean, at some point, you know, what what is Felix suggesting? Exactly. Right. Well, Oscar has a solution. Felix is about to tell him where to hang it, which would have answered our question oh, here, but he doesn't get to say it. <laughs> Oscar throws the coat outside of the hallway and says, satisfied. And then Felix says, it's your coat. So Felix asks Oscar if he brought them. Oscar says, bring what? Felix says, how many things do I ask you to bring? My nose dropped. Oscar says, sorry, I forgot. Felix says, he forgot. Oscar points out it's raining. Felix says, I'm sitting here suffering all evening. My sinuses are poisoned by this dampness, and he forgot. Why don't you get it over with, Oscar? Go smash my vaporizer, and I'll clog to death. Then he goes to the closet to get a coat to go outside and get the drops, and Oscar says that he says he was sorry. Felix says, sorry isn't uh, enough. Oscar says, sorry is all I got. And asks Felix where he's going, and Felix says, a drugstore. Oscar says, with your sinuses, you can't go out in this weather. Felix <laughs> says, I'm touched by your concern. Will you go for me? Oscar just says, no. Felix says, man can't do a simple favor for a friend. And then there's a visual here as Felix starts to put a plastic bag over his well, hat. It looks like a plastic bag, but it actually, I think, oh, is a hat. A, it's a hat cover. Co yeah, it's, yeah. It's like what, what old ladies use. <laughs> yes, it's a very old. It was uh, popular with old people of that era, I believe. Yes, and the audience laughs at this visual. Right. Um, Oscar says, "Felix says you're going out. Would you mail this for me? I forgot to." And he hands him an envelope. Felix looks at him in dismay, and Felix says, "It's unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable." He takes the envelope and looks at it and says out loud, "Internal Revenue Service, sending in your taxes now." Oscar says, "I'm a patriotic American," but Felix points out, "You're also 12 days late." Oscar says, "Whatever, whenever I send it, they take it. Felix goes, boy, I'd like to be around when they catch up to you. Wheels of the God grind slowly, Oscar. I didn't look that up. Do you know what wheels of the God grind slowly, Oscar, means? Did he say wheels? I thought so. Maybe I, maybe it wasn't. I mean, that actually makes more sense. It sounded like mills. I, mean, I didn't understand no, what he no. was talking about. But you're right. Did you have the title, subtitles on? I did. Captions? Yeah. That makes right. more sense. He says the last sentence, while... He says that sentence while waving his finger in the air like he does. You know, we know how Felix points, Curse. shakes his finger. Curse. <laughs> the, 
what did you say? The curse? Like a curse. It's like his oh, curse. Oh, I see. Yeah. And yeah. not, not. I mean, his putting a curse on Oscar, kind of shake, shaking his finger at his, putting it on his head. Yes. And then the doorbell rings, and it's a registered letter. Felix says, "This man wasn't stopped by a little rain or sleet." Oscar asks, "Who's it from?" And then the delivery man says, "Internal Revenue Service," and that is our old friend Ogden Talbot. Yeah, and isn't it fun because one of his most memorable roles before this was also as a delivery man. Yeah, right. In with the Christmas the, episode, yes, he delivers the telegram the in, this, in telegram. the outfit. Right. Yes. So also- I get. I have a feeling like they're he's the same character. Oh. <laughs> I, or at uh, least they're bringing they're bringing him back very much on purpose. Yeah, it can't be the same. There's no way a singing telegram man and a mail and a U.S. postal becomes a U.S. postal carrier three years later and shows up in the same up. house. No, yeah, and comes to the same house in New York City. Not possible. <laughs> um, he was also in the Natural Childbirth. Ep- yes, typecasting for Ogden. Yes, he was also in the Natural Childbirth episode. Not as a delivery. Well, no. I guess ironically, delivery man. Delivery. He was yes. in the natural. How? Look at that. Everything has to do with delivery with this guy. Um, Oscar grabs the envelope because he assumes it's for him. And Felix says, Aha, they got you. They got you. The mills of the gods. Now, here he says, The mills of the gods. Okay, so you're right. I guess maybe I didn't read the caption. Maybe it didn't say wheels. What is the mills of the gods? So it turns out, Ted, that the phrase uh, mills of the god. Uh, goes back to ancient Roman, again, the Romans coming up, uh, Plutarch. But what Felix seems to be quoting directly is his favorite poet, apparently, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, who we've quoted before. Though the mills of the god grind slowly, yet they grind exceedingly small. Though with patience he stands waiting, with exactness grinds he all. Okay. Something about divine retribution, basically. I guess I did not look. I guess when he said wheels, I was just listening, and somehow it, said, it sounded like wheels. I mean, as you said, that could make sense too. Well, that could because yeah, kind of the wheel of fortune kind of idea, you know. But... Oscar tells him to shut up, and he reads, "You are hereby requested to appear at the office of the Eternal Revenue Service. You must be there in the morning." Felix says, "Read it out loud. I need a good gloat." Oscar says, "Oh, it's not as bad as I thought." Felix says, "How come?" And Oscar says, "It's for you." Mm-hmm. And he hands it to him, and they go to credits. So after the credits, Felix says, they're investigating my taxes. Oscar asks, how do you know it's an investigation? Felix reads, to clear up a discrepancy in your return. What does that sound like to you? Oscar says, an investigation. I'm going to make a sandwich. And then Felix prances after him <laughs> in his coat with his hat and his in his uh, plastic bag on him. It's a funny prance, and the audience definitely enjoys it. And he says, how can you eat when they're investigating my taxes? Oscar says, clear conscience. I didn't do anything wrong. Felix says, I didn't do anything wrong either. Oscar says, and you've got nothing to worry about. Felix says, they put you in jail when they investigate your taxes. They get nice, respectable people like me. That's how they got Al Capone. <laughs> That's a strange thing for Felix to say. I don't didn't peg him as an Al Capone fan. Oscar says, maybe you'll get his cell. I heard he left his old opera records and a machine gun made out of soap. Felix says, make jokes when I can hear the handcuffs clicking together and saying, we've got you, Unger. Who's going to water my plants if I go away? Oscar says, take them with you. You'll be the shrub man of Alcatraz. So we have a new scene. Oscar goes to sleep, and then we get uh, our first clip. Oscar. Oscar.
get some wire for a fractured jaw? Oscar, the last couple of hours while I was walking around looking for an all-night drugstore, I had plenty of time to think. So, considering this whole thing, unemotionally and with cool logic, little Felix is up the crick. I found it. Makes jokes. It's very funny. What am I going to do, Felix? Look, as one friend to another, you're a maniac. You didn't do anything wrong. You sent in the best tax return in the country. Will you go to sleep, please? Sleep? Who can sleep? I'll be up all night long. Then pace quietly. Now, good night. <laughs> good night. Hi. You! You're the one they should investigate. You keep no records, no receipts. You send in your return a month late. You're the only man I know who has his return filled out by his bartender. Studying to be an accountant. Do you know when I send in my return? January 2nd. All day New Year's Day, I'm working on it while you're watching football games and sobering up. I report everything. Last August, I helped an old lady carry her groceries. She gave me a quarter. I reported that. I was with you. She gave you half a buck. Well, it's a quarter for each of us. Uh, I don't want to now. It's hot money. Since this is returning on a wet cocktail napkin and they investigate me. That's enough, Felix. Now, will you oh, go to sleep? I can't sleep. I'll take a sleeping pill. Oh, all right. I'll take a sleeping pill. Maybe that's... And I don't want you back here again. <laughs> don't worry, Oscar. I won't be back here again. So the visual there is that Oscar, after he's woken up, reaches under his covers and pulls out a beer. And that's what the audience is laughing at. And then says, like, oh, here, I found it. Yeah, I found it. And then, but Felix says, makes jokes. He makes jokes. But Oscar's not joking. No, he's very serious. Yeah. And then he puts it back, by the way. He drinks a swig of it and puts it back. And then he... Do you notice he, he sleeps with a little shoe, like a teddy bear, next to him? Yes. Which odd. I was odd, yeah. It goes unexplained, except maybe we see that shoe later, I think. Oh, I don't – not in my notes, so if we do, you call it out. I don't – I'm not aware of that. New scene, Oscar walks groggily into the kitchen and says that breakfast smells good, even though Felix has not made any breakfast. And he starts to pour coffee, but there's no coffee. And he figures out that Felix is not up yet. And he goes into Felix's room and finds him asleep in the room with an empty pill bottle in his hand and thinks that he has swallowed a whole bottle of sleeping pills and the cotton because the cotton's gone. The next scene, Oscar's trying to get Felix to walk, but Felix is out of it and he barely moves. So this is a very visual humor of Oscar kind of holding up uh, (laughs) Felix from behind by his armpits and trying to get him to move and Tony Randall just kind of flip-flopping around. Tony Randall doing like a dead, like just going totally limp and... um, But trying to walk a little bit. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Oscar says, and this is kind of the visual, um, it's like walking with a wheelbarrow. Right, that's what it looks like. Oscar gives him some coffee, and Felix says it is terrible, and that's not his <laughs> coffee. Oscar says he made it, and Felix asks if he cleaned the pot. Oscar says the man took an overdose of pills, and he's worried about cleaning the pot. This is so. I just want to just know now. Both characters, Felix does this a lot in the show. They do the Jewish mother thing. Is like I say this, and he says this. Yeah, <laughs> the man says this. So that is our uh, that. Now we're going to play our next clip. Wait, I'm the pot. Just keep walking. Keep walking. 
arrived, my nurse told me you had an emergency. Which one of you is dying? The one lying on the couch. Here. All right, Felix. Ah, what's the matter with it? He was worried about his income taxes. He took sleeping pills. How many? I don't know. Maybe the whole bottle. All right. Mm. Let's have a look. Oh, my. What is it? I'm exhausted. <laughs> the earliest house call I ever had. You got some coffee? Yeah, here. I got some ready. No, 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 don't drink the coffee. It's terrible. <laughs> Felix, how many pills did you take? One. <laughs> One pill? When did you take it? Quarter of seven. I made a house call because he took one sleeping pill an hour and a half ago. Why would he take a sleeping pill at a quarter of seven in the morning? Because I wasn't able to sleep all night. Felix, what's troubling you? Hmm? Dr. Melnitz. What are you doing here? Am I all right? You're fine, you're fine. You get my pill tomorrow. It's deductible. You know something? I think I'm the only doctor in New York who's awake at this hour who doesn't have a golf club in his hands. I'll see you. I called him fierce. I saw the empty bottle of pills. I got worried. Bottle was empty because there was only one pill in it. I used the cotton to clean my ears. Okay, fierce. I want you to get up. Get up. I want you to go down to the Internal Revenue, oh. sir. I hope they convict you. I hope you can compose cell, and I hope all his opera records are broken. Now, Venus! Where are you going? You told me to Venus. Aren't you going to fix my breakfast first? Here. Would you step this way, please? Well, all these people are ahead of me. You're next, Mr. Unger. We've been waiting for you. Uh, tell me about this guy, Ferret. Is he a tough cookie? <laughs> Pretty tough. Well, he's met his match now, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Pushing innocent people around? Sit down, Mr. Unger. Thank you. Mr. Ferret, but, but it's not. What is it, Mrs. Ferret? Miss Ferret. <laughs> Mrs. Ferret. <laughs> Mr. Unger, in looking over your uh, tax return, I found a small discrepancy. I make out the finest tax return of anybody I know. Now look at it, look at it. Nice, big, clear printing, different color inks, all the sevens the same size. Oh, yes, that's very considerate of you. But you but investigate you me. Why don't you investigate people like my roommate? He fills out his return any old way. He sends it in a month late, some years he doesn't send it in at all. But if you investigate Oscar Madison, no, you investigate Felix Unger. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> Mr. Unger, I didn't think you'd get that upset. You have a beautiful tax return. The nicest one I've ever seen. Cover and everything. In fact, we're thinking of putting...
putting it on display in the waiting room instead of the one that's there now. And well, you should. There's just one thing. Yes? You forgot to sign your check. <laughs> that's all? That's why Uncle Sam wants me? That's all. You mean I can walk in the sun again? Walk anywhere you like, Mr. Under. Well, why did you send me a special delivery letter in the middle of the night and scare me half to death? You could have mailed me this. I'm sorry for the inconvenience, but you see, I sent that letter myself. We wanted to meet you personally. <laughs> Come on in, everybody. Mr. Unger is here. We wanted to shake the hand of the man who sends in the most beautiful tax return year after year after year. Congratulations. returns. <laughs> well, I'm glad things ended so easily. Mr. Hunger, just yes. one more thing. Yes? That person you mentioned, hmm? the one who doesn't care what he puts down in his tax return. Who? Mr. Oscar Madison. Who? No, no, I, no, I, don't pay any attention to anything I said. When I, when I get excited, I invent imaginary roommates. What was the name? Uh, the... Oscar Madison. Oscar Madison. No, nope, doesn't ring a bell. I live alone. Uh, Carol, will you bring me in the files on Oscar Madison? First of all, I should point out there is a honeymooners episode that's exactly the same premise. Indeed, uh, this is the the main thing I remember about this episode is that how brazen it a rip off it is of the exact same plot line or plot twist or whatever plot point idea. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, I guess the only difference is you know, I think in the honeymooners one, it is the climax of the whole episode. Yes. The whole thing bleeds up to Ralph. Yeah. finding out all it was he basically goes through the same thing like freaking out over the what his taxes and then finds out it was just about the check but and here this is only like the the end of the first act um but <laughs> i mean i guess it's an homage uh, well I, I i guess so or you know at the time i don't know that they you know 70s people were tracking that quite as well although the honeymooners was you know relatively still well played i guess in the 70s but for someone growing up watching these on both shows on WPIX, right, right? Back to back. You could, yeah, yeah. Obvious. Um, so the, there's a couple visuals there to mention as well. Um, early on, when Felix is very groggy and was going back to the bedroom, and, and Oscar says, Are you going to make my breakfast? He then walks to the kitchen to make <laughs> his breakfast. Um, and this, so Miss Ferret, Lee Ferret, is played by Vivian Bonnell who did various guest shots on TV in the 70s, 90s. There's always been something that irks me about her portrayal because she's given him this letter. She's, called, she's brought him in ahead of other people because they love his tax returns. <laughs> but there's moments where she's kind of thinking he's a kook in a way for making such a tax return. Like he says... Uh, she says, yes, it's the nicest we've ever seen, cover and all, as if mocking him for going above board. So her reaction, her enthusiasm for his tax return, in my very literal interpretation, is um, disconnected from what should be happening, in, the, in that the character seems to, at some times, <clears throat> kind of like, think him as kind of an, an odd person, 
for having such a nice tax return and other times is like thrilled. And I just wish there was more consistency in how she reacted to him. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, I think it's a result of kind of trying to rig this switcheroo that's going to happen, you know, right. like holding out the suspense. And so it's a more of a surprise. And she says the word discrepancy, which it's not. No, it's not. The sign check, unsigned check is not a discrepancy. Right. Uh, I will say that I love her performance and I love the idea which gives Felix, you know, a, 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 um, you know, a double take where he's expecting Lee Ferret. Which is also stolen or not stolen, oh. but that all in the family use that same gimmick. Now, all in the family is on at the same time, so I can't say it's stolen. I can't remember. But that gimmick is used in yeah. the 70s because well, in the 70s, funny. when women were now being placed, women places of power right. in, the, in the workplace. And you should also say yeah. she is an African-American woman. Yes, yes. That's and right. so that's it's interesting to me. This is a kind of all in the family moment because it's a rare moment of, you know, this kind of uh, <laughs> little racial tension, which... I think, it's more, I think it's more gender, is my belief, not uh, racial. Well, I think it's mainly the gender. I'm thankful, well, I was about to say, thankfully, Felix does not go make one of his awkward white man. Yes, you're <laughs> right. That's right. As he does in other episodes. And it's almost like it's not written into the script, and that's fine. Also, he focuses on the Miz and the Misses and the Miz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. And uh, so it is both. But I just, like, casting this role as a tough black woman <laughs> is great in that it, it subverts the expectation and also is very realistic. It's like, this is a government job in the 1970s. Like it's great visibility that yes, there should, this should be, it shouldn't be an, an old white man anymore running, you know, working at the IRS. It is a, it's a 1970s workforce. And so why not have him answer to a tough black woman? So, um, and she's great. The performance is, is fantastic. So um, gives it her own spin, definitely. So now we have a new scene. Oscar and Felix are sitting at the table in the living room and Oscar says, or dining room, Oscar says, so you mean all they wanted was for you to sign the check? See, weren't you so crazy to be worried? And then Felix says, well, you know me, I'm a zany, wacky guy. Oscar says, Felix, I want to thank you. You made my favorite Mexican food with tamales, chili con carne, everything I love, which is a reference we heard last week. Yes. Just said, yeah. uh, Felix says, you only live once. Felix then starts hysterically laughing as Oscar dips his food in sauce. And then again, when he licks his fingers, Felix says, I ought to be more like you. You don't let little crazy things upset you. You roll with the old punches. And he goes in for a fake jab with his fist as he says this. Oscar says, I get the feeling I'm being greased now. What are you leading up to? Felix says, I'm leading up to dessert. I fixed a very special dessert. Oscar says, every Mexican restaurant I know, they always serve you this, which is, he says this as Felix is bringing over this dessert, which is bananas, bananas flambe. And Oscar says, or burnt bananas. Oscar takes this, and Felix, so Felix has lit, has lit this bananas with, I guess, that has brandy on it. I guess that's what flambe is. I, yeah, I don't know how that works. But, so, but he lights, so the, the, the bananas are, are, in, are on fire. That's part of the presentation. And then Oscar pulls out a cigar from his pocket and lights it using the flame from the flambe and then the doorbell rings and that leads us to another clip. You're marvelous, so uninhibited. Who else would light a cigar on a dessert a man spends four hours preparing? <laughs> you got cool, that's what you've got. You come, this. come on, come on, come on. Now what's with you tonight? What are you doing? <laughs> Come in, Murray. Oh, hi, Felix. Hi, Oscar. Yes, I invited him. Come on in. Good to see you. 
now you see me. Did you bring your gun? Good. Coffee? Yeah, isn't this nice? We have a little social visit. See, we don't have many chances to get together like this and, and chat, you know. Chat? Yeah. What is this, the Virginia Graham show? What are we going to chat about? Well, anything. We'll talk about, oh, advances in police science and criminology. That's not nice, Felix. Murray's here. Let's talk about something we can all discuss. <laughs> Did you tell him yet? Loose lips sink ships? <laughs> tell me what, loose lips? <laughs> All right, the chat's over. <laughs> what is it? What? <laughs> Something very funny happened. <laughs> when I think of it, I start laughing. <laughs> when he told me, I got hysterical. <laughs> tell me, I can do that. examiner in here and plead insanity. No wonder he got confused. These are my 1968 receipts. Let's see. Item 28, subtract earned in item 13, Crude interest on form nine. And where did I put form nine? Form nine is the tricky one. Who asked you? Just pack your pots and pans and get out, like I told you. That's <laughs> <laughs> a five and four are eight, and five and four are nine. Thank you, and keep your mouth shut. I'll give you the mark of squealing. Just don't want you to get in trouble with the team, in. That's all. I'll handle it. I'll handle it. Do you want me to do that for you? What? Do you want me to do that for you? You do want me to do that for you. Don't ask me to repeat it. I'm very bad at humble. No more outbursts. No more outbursts, and I'm sorry. Look at this. I'm apologizing to the squealer. Nobody can stay mad at Felix yeah. Unger very long. I'm hard to hate. That's true. You know why? Because I'm your friend. Yeah. Stranger would walk out on you. But his friends for... stay together. Right. The old Felix Oscar team. We're together again. So that's the end of the clip on the streaming version and I think the DVD version. But we have another musical issue because Cole, there's a Cole Porter song sung 
at the end of that scene that was cut. So first we'll play that same, the last part of that scene with the singing. I forgot that. If you're ever in a jam, here I am. Zach, look, I won't be here. If you're ever in a well, ring my bell. I will. So look, I'll be here. If you ever go to jail, I'm your bail. I don't know how to figure out the third. If you're ever. And that, this is very, the, the way that Felix is singing all happy and then Oscar's trying to ask him these detailed questions about taxes is funny and it's a shame that that has to get cut. Um, a couple- and It's such a short clip. It's such a yeah, short- Yeah, I know. I, 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 again, I thought you could do something like that and not have to pay royalties, but I'm obviously wrong. Um, so the, one of the very funny visuals in that scene is when Oscar laughs and cries, the same, alternates between laughing and crying. Right, with, when, the, with Murray, when Felix breaks the news to him. Right? Yes, yeah. He's already laughing along with Felix and Murray, and then he's alternating between laughing and crying. Right? Uh, Virginia Graham was a very popular talk show host, a daytime talk show host in the, for 20 years in the 50s and the 70s. So that, the, er, the audience of that era knows that name. I today that name unlike Dinah Shore whose name is still somewhat kind of recognizable to people I think Virginia Graham's yeah I did not recognize well lost yeah um the accountant in there is played by a man named Joshua Shelley who was a victim of the Hollywood blacklist Hmm. um he did tv guest shots in the 50s and then was blacklisted and then he didn't work again until the 70s as an actor um he's also in two season five episodes later on I thought, yeah, I rem, uh, I like his performance as short as it is. As that scene, uh, it always uh, made an impression on me, and maybe I recognize him also from those other episodes. Yeah. So we're, now we have a new scene, and Felix is looking at Oscar's tax records. Oh, by the way, yes, uh, I think where the sh- remember what I said about the shoe. Yeah, I think the shoe shows up in that scene as one of the things. He oh, writes. I thought you meant in the bed, but yes, now I understand what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. The shoe that's in the bed also yeah, happens to have receipt tax on. returns on them. So Felix is looking at Oscar's tax records, including a baseball mitt, which is what sticks out. Or most. maybe that's coming up in this scene. I don't know. We see the shoe at some point. And he makes mm, 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 noises of, of incredulity that like the like this is the way Oscar keeps his taxes. Oscar says another. Mm, mm, mm. And he says, say something encouraging. Will you, Felix? Mm-hmm. Felix says, well, there's always parole. Oscar says, thanks a lot. Felix is looking at the records and says, who is Erwin Weintraub? And Oscar sheepishly says, he's my bookie. Felix says, you can't list your bookie as a dependent. <laughs> Oscar says, yes, I can. I read the tax book. If you're responsible for more than half of the financial support of any person, he's a dependent. And Felix says, no. Oscar says, whose side are you on? Felix says, now you have a dollar fifty for cleaning and pressing, but you don't have a date. Oscar says, it's for the whole year. Felix says, you don't list your outside income. Oscar says, what outside income? Felix says, the money you paid outside the newspaper. And Oscar says, I don't have any of that. Felix says, what about those magazine articles you wrote? Oscar says, oh, yeah, those. Felix says, what about the book you helped ghostwrite? Oscar says, oh, yeah, that. And then Felix mocks him saying, oh, yeah, those. Oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that. Is that what you're going to tell them tomorrow down at the office? Oscar says, no, I'm going to tell them I got a roommate who's a squealer. Mm -hmm. Felix says, I might have known you'd get around to that. To blaming this on me. Oscar says, what are you talking about? I always blamed you. I never stopped blaming you. You realize you finked on me to the United States government? Felix says, but you forgave me. Oscar very emphatically says, I never forgave you. Hmm. I, uh, if you help me, I said, if you help me, you can stay. I never mentioned the word forgive. 
by the way, I don't know if we said this, but during this scene early on, Felix is packing his pots and pans. I guess they say it in the show uh, because he's getting kicked out. out. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Felix says, you're just using me um, to do his taxes. Oscar leaves the room. Felix asks, what about the return? He isn't finished yet. Oscar says, forget it. I'm going to go down there for myself, at their mer- throw myself at their mercy and take my chances. Felix says, why don't you call Erwin Weintraub? With your chances, he'll give you great odds. Then Oscar throws one of the Felix's boxes with his pots and pans in the living room, which makes a lot of noise. And so now we have our final clip of Oscar at the IRS. Mr. Madison, I've been looking forward to meeting you. Yeah? Yes, I couldn't wait to meet the man whose tax return has kept us all laughing for days. <laughs> Is that all me there? That's all you for the last eight years. Eight years. <laughs> yeah. Some of this stuff is priceless. <laughs> Mr. Madison. You have the worst tax returns I have ever seen in my life. I've had winos throw in needle returns on a brick. You want me to take them and do them over? No, you get one chance by yourself. After that, we do it for you. Now, this is how much you owe the United States government. Do you take credit cards? I don't have this kind of money. Oh, we don't like to hear that. I didn't enjoy saying it. I'll just have to turn this over to our legal department. Legal department? You have to do Yes. That? Mr. Unger's out here and says he must see you right away. Tell him I can't talk to him now. I've been... I'm sorry, Debarge. Mr. Unger, will you but I've got something outside. here that can crack this case wide open. Perfect ending to a perfect day. I've gone over this man's records with a fine-tooth comb. And according to my figures... You owe Mr. Madison $94.17. We owe him? You're going to get him mad. Don't get him mad. You subtract what Oscar owes you from this figure and you'll get $94.17. What are you talking about? Did you know that this man was once married? Oh, of course I know that. I didn't know that. Did you know that he pays alimony every month? Oh, boy, do I know that. I didn't know that. Did you know that alimony is deductible? I know that. I didn't know that. Here are his canceled alimony checks for the past eight years. Oh, come to think of it, I do remember you used to file a joint return. Well, didn't you ever wonder what happened to his wife? Looking at the way he keeps his records, I just figured he lost her somewhere. My pleasure, Mrs. Ferris. Hey, where'd you find those alimony checks? They were in a shoebox marked gambling losses. (laughs) You were so terrific. I really came in like a lone ranger at the last minute and saved the day. You sure did. You know, I dream of doing that. I dream of winning the game in the last minute with a touchdown, hitting a home run in the last second. (laughs) What do you dream about? Living alone. First of all, do IRS agents know each individual person's return that well in New York well, City? That, of course, is our, is our worst fear, right? Um, but that's preposterous. I, I come to think of it, I remember that you used to file. Like, how does she know Oscar Madison's? Like, it's impossible. Well, there's also the question of, like, what, remember, like, the whole point is they never paid attention to his return until now. Right. 
even though yeah it's a good point i think there'd be some red flags that he uh, yeah <laughs> so the whole uh, the logic of all that of course is ridiculous but what is funny that it's like the complete inverse of the response to felix which is you have the best tax returns right you have the worst tax. but here's another inconsistency with miss ferret who i just i did bugs me like she gets she doesn't want felix to come in she's like annoyed and mad like and then she thanks him at the end she knows this is his roommate she yeah, knows he why wouldn't she like want to hear what he has to say i don't know i mean he is interfering with official business but as he is wanting to do but we know he she she likes Felix. She's already she she thinks very highly of him, but then but then is annoyed by him. So but then I, but then likes him again. So. I know. I find I know you like and I like her in the show, and I I agree with all the reasons you say she's good. I just the character, yes, not the actress. The character is inconsistent. Inconsistent behavior. Um, Can I just say uh, I noticed in the credits there is uh, the there is a cre- an acting credit for the great character actor Louis Gus. As man in waiting room, oh, oh. and uh, who we never—I I didn't look closely enough to see if I saw him, but I know he must have had dialogue that was cut. So there must have been a scene either with Felix or with Oscar. Do you think he's one of the people who comes in when, um, when Miss Ferret and Bite? Yeah, he is. Oh no, he's not. I'm looking him up now. I think he—I thought he was maybe one of the uh, oh, people the staff. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, think, I, th- I think you're right. Man, I didn't look closely enough, but uh, man, he's recognizable. He's kind of a stout, yeah, guy. And, uh, he would. I can admit, yeah. There must have been a scene in the waiting room, either with Felix or Oscar, where there's some. Funny yeah, he's in. He's man. in five episodes of the show, and we'll see him. He will show up later. He'll yeah. show up later. Um, but yeah, maybe he's cut. And <clears throat> it's weird if it's cut that he's not. That he's still in the credits because usually they're. Well, we've seen that sometimes. So yeah. I feel like though in the. I don't, I don't know that we've seen this actually, where somebody is in the credits who's not in the show. The we've other seen, thing, well, you have where they're yeah, in the show but not in the credits. Yeah, we've seen various discrepancies in the credit, like different character names. Yes, with with Pat Morita, we saw that with Mister Fong and yeah, or, or whatever the character's name. But not, I feel like this may be the first time, at least in season yeah. two to three, anyway. that we have like a missing, yeah, missing character. Um, also, I find it a little hard to believe that. Oscar, who like also never pays alimony on time, has a whole has all the checks neatly <laughs> wrapped in a box. Even if turns out he's closed. been very responsible. Yeah. And I did look up to see if alimony is deductible, and it it is to some degree. That what I read was a little confusing, but it does appear. I don't know what the rules were in 1975 or 73, but um, it is deductible. So it I, is a shame that. Oscar's bartender, who apparently he has been relying on as yeah. an accountant, <laughs> uh, never told him. Such yeah, that's right. Yes. Uh, so that's the end of the episode. I give this one three out of five Murrays. There's some funny scenes. It lags at parts for me. Um, and I, three out of five is, you know, I still enjoy it. I just don't think I have any moments that I uh, laugh out loud at very heartily and uh, again i think the car i've always been distracted by the inconsistencies in that character which i know sounds like a little bit obsessive but it's the case and that's why i think i give it three out of five which 
I find three out of five is something I will, you know, when it's on, when, when I'm watching the show, I will watch this episode and enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of feel similarly, although I, I guess I like it a little more. I would say good three and a half, Mary's. Um, it's not a belly laugh kind of show episode but um i enjoyed a lot i enjoy what it brings out in the in the characters and the actors there's a lot of they go through a lot of different phases felix Tamiano gets to do a lot of different kinds of crazy felix stuff and physical comedy stuff oscar gets to be really mean to felix and really nice to felix and um we do get a dr melnitz appearance we get a doctor right there's a lot going on here. you got a dr melnitz you got a murray uh you i i still love the character of ms lee ferret I love that last line, you know, we think we just assumed she was lost in here somewhere, Blanche, in his tax returns. Um, and uh, I'll forgive the Honeymooners ripoff because at least they use it well. And, uh, you know, it's, it's about something in real life. It's about paying your taxes. It's kind of it's a very relatable situation. And uh, even though it's dealt with maybe not totally plausibly, but it is a sitcom. Uh, so I just find myself getting like, it's a good, uh, it's not belly laugh. Like I'm grinning a lot. I'm smiling a lot watching this episode. Yeah. I, 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 I just, I describe it the same way. All right. Well, if you have, uh, comments or feedback, please email us at 1049pod at gmail.com and, uh, leave us some reviews on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, so Garrett, many happy returns. I plead insanity, Ted.